Hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. This is your boy Trillium. I'm here from the Trill headquarters, aka my room in my parents' house. And I am here to tell you that we are on episode number five for Trill Talks Trends. So this is a monumental episode because the number five, five dollar footlongs. Yeah, say it with me. $5 footlongs. So that's what we're going to be getting into today because I just got a job at Subway. I'm just kidding. I'm just making shit up. But anyways, we are here with DJ Radium, a Legacy Core member. And uh, we had a really good time. We actually did a photo shoot for Legacy um, and R Squared, who was our first podcast episode member. And then we also had Joe Ed at the photo shoot too, and we did some really dope uh, merch uh, shots, which are super sick. And um, without further ado, we're going to get into the podcast today. Um, Yeah, drink water. I haven't been drinking a lot of water, so that reminded me. All right. Hey, everybody. It's your boy, a.k.a. Von Lichtenstein, but Trillium this time. How's everybody doing? Um, welcome to Trill Talks Trends. Um, I'm your host, Sir Trillium, and here we have a special guest. Uh, look at that smile. He's a cute, uwu master, beautiful boy, positivity to the max level, living his best life at all times, representing we have radium in the building yo what is up sir trillium von lichtenstein the third i practiced that like 50 times today just to make sure i said that right but what's good what's poppin bro dude not much man you know i've just been having a good day um doing what i can in these seattle weather you know autumn time blues and i've just been living life how about you how are you doing today bro Honestly, you know, I think I might have brought this up before, but I ate today and that's what's important, man. You know, you wake up and if you know that you can fund your own meal or that, you know, you're going to eat today, then honestly, it's a good day. That's all I got to say, bro. We, you know, you, I would say that too. If we can eat, you know, we got clothes on our back. We're drinking water. We're staying hydrated. You know, our health is good. You're right, man. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. I love that. Always on my mind. I love food. <laughs> you know, um, speaking of food, we had, what was that over the weekend? Shake Shack. And that is probably one of my favorite things to do with people is to share a meal. And I feel like I haven't shared meals with many people in a while. And so that felt really good, man. Dang. So I want to say thank you again. That was a great time. Yeah, I'm so happy we shared that moment. It was like, it was like that feeling that you get when you're with, you know, very close friends of yours and y'all just like eating together and just, you know, you're taking your pace on what you're doing and that you guys are together, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just like, it's very wholesome. I would agree with that. It is very wholesome. It is a good moment. And something also that was pretty wholesome and has been kind of fueling my days the last couple of days was your Sincerely You Whoa. Love Acceptance Mix. Did anybody bring that up? 
And that is how I want to start the day because um, for everybody out there, Radium is a kick-ass DJ and we both got to share the stage at R Squared and Friends back in August. If you are listening to the podcast, you know about how amazing this event was. And um, so I was just listening to his last mix that he posted on SoundCloud over the last couple of days. And to say that this is like a radiant piece of like positivity and like self-love, I, I couldn't have put it any, in any other words. I listened to it over the course of like two or three car rides and a walk. And like all of the times the vibes were just going and I just want to say thank you for that because there was a lot of effort and love into that mix. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, that honestly means, like, more than the world to me that you just said that. What the heck? I'm, dude, I can't. Just... I, I mean, like to put it into words, like there, there were so many messages sprinkled in between that were just like talking points. And honestly, dude, it was like, it was like chicken soup for the teenage soul, but like for my ooh soul <laughs> today. And like, it, could you, could you please elaborate? Like what kind of like brought you into making this mix and talk a little bit about it? Ooh. Yes, let's do it. Yes, um, but quick, quickest shout out to my homie, Rachel. She was the one who voiced those um, quotes that I wrote. I was going to um, ask that. I and, was wondering uh, <laughs> if you picked that up from somewhere, if that was someone you knew. I love that part. Yeah, I made it more personal. And also, uh, she's someone that I kind of look up to with mental awareness. She's always posting about it. She's very open about it. And she's very real about it. You know, she's like, if she's facing these obstacles mentally in her life, she's going to express that or write a blog about it. Or, you know, if you're a friend of hers or you become her friend, you know, she will talk to you openly about it to help you through it, you know, because she's going through it too. And I think that's really powerful in people when they're going through their own things, but they are also able to help you out because they know how it feels and stuff. And that's inspiring to me. And so, you know, uh, kind of taking that energy and then being, you know, quote unquote, a DJ or an artist is like, how can I kind of implement that into music? And so, because that's kind of like the embodiment of who I am is like, I want to be there for people who have gone through things that I can feel their pain too. And so if I can feel, you know, some sort of emotional comfort from these certain sounds or frequencies or drops, you know, or vocals, right? If I can feel something from it, then what's to say that someone else won't feel the same or interpret it in some other more emotional way. And that's what creates that whole story through emotions. That's how Sincerely You was created through solely emotions. And I feel like that's when my work is the best, when I put my heart and soul into it. Now, when it's just like, oh, this sounds cool, or, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. How long did it take for you to craft this mix? <clears throat> so, the idea started in July of 2020, so just a recent summer. And I didn't finish it until September 20th, like the end of September 20. Um, but 
it was a long process of like, what do I want this to mean to me? I knew that I was calling it Sincerely You. And usually I don't name, you know, the title of a mix until it's done, you know? But mm-hmm. then I was like, if I can work off of this title, then I can create a story from it, right? And now I just need the emotions to curate that story. Because I knew that I wanted to create something with the meaning that if you listen to this and you think of these songs singing to yourself, then it's like, hey, you're telling yourself, you made these mistakes, break up with your old self and embrace who you're becoming, you know, and that we're not all perfect. And so that's the process of us loving ourselves. And it's a constant battle. And so by September was when I had like my peak of my own self battles. And I put how I was feeling one night um, in September and put like my ideas from July to September all together within a week. And then just like, yeah. So like it like from July to September is when the whole process was starting. And then in between was like, I made these edits whenever I felt emotional in some way. And then Mm -hmm. by September, I put them together in the orders that I felt hit me right. And so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it all like blended together. And then also, you know, thanks to Ricky for his edit, EJ for his remix, uh, Nick Ledesma for his remix, and like all the other artists featured on there. (laughs) But, you know, they helped make it more personal for me because it was a very personal project. And I feel like, you know, every artist has their own reasoning behind what they make. And for me, it's like the very first reason is that it's for myself. And if I can truly feel for it, and I'm confident with it, and it's something that I want to put out, then I'll put it out. And then anyone, even if it's just one person who responds to it in a very like meaningful manner, it's like, that means all of it to me, you know, it makes it all worth it, you know? Yeah, because yeah. I would say yeah. I'm my own biggest fan as well. Like I listen yeah. to Sincerely You like once a week to be like, I feel it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to make something that um, resonates with you first and foremost. And I like what you said there because like I'm the same way, dude. Like I'll listen to Decolonizing House music all on and I'll be like, and like it's at the point where like the messages in that those songs hit me a different way because I'm no longer in that like zone of like headspace. I'm a completely different person. I've broke up with whom I was back then. And like, I am who I am today, but it was still like, Holy crap. Like these things I can still work on. Yeah. Um, I want to elaborate on that actually of how like we would listen back to things Um, that we've created before and feeling Mm -hmm. like, oh, we can still work on things. But I think it's also important to believe that at that moment when we created it and, you know, released it was that we were our best at that moment. We couldn't have been any better. And I think that it's really important that we decided for ourselves to be like, this is good right now and I'm going to release it. Because when we listen back to it, now we're like, oh, I could have made it better for anything that we make, you know? And I was I was thinking more of for on my end was like the messages literally at the end of the song were like think like kind of like self-soothing advice and it was like okay like when I listen to the music I'm like dude that is like that is its own self like um 
there's nothing I could work on because that was as good as I could get it, you know? And so I, I resonate with what you're saying about that. Like there just the, there's something about like an artist is never truly done. It's just, it's best time to release it to the world. You know, like you're never really going to be finished with that mix. You're never really going to be done with that song. You're never going to be done with that painting. It's just, it's, it's, there's just like a, a certain thing that hits you in your head that goes, all right, it's time to release that. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Um, I, am I allowed to uh, ask questions to you as well? Dude. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> this is just a, these podcasts are just conversations. Okay. I'm actually super curious. Um, who are your guilty pleasure artists? Like, Ooh, wow. That is a very um, great question because I don't think that there are guilty pleasure artists. Oh, yes, because okay. I think it's just whether you it's just like you like what you like, you know, like yeah. I would think guilty pleasures is like something like you're kind of like, ooh, ooh, oops, you're frozen a little bit. Am I still frozen? You are still frozen. Oh, but... now you're now you're frozen. OK, I'm going to pause the recording real quick. Okay. All right, sorry for the technical difficulties. We got paused. <laughs> But um, going with artists, dude, like, I'm going to be honest, one of them, it, you, I guess you consider it, is just one specific song. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to Dynamite by uh, BTS, literally, on, I listened Yo. to it on repeat today, like, maybe 12 times while I was doing yard work. Like, I listened to the EDM remix and the original mix, and I was just like... Dang, like on repeat? Uh, I Okay, yeah. That's how I listen to music sometimes is I'll listen to one song on repeat. I like it Dang, that much. Yeah. you really vibing to that. I was really vibing and I don't Ooh. even know how old of a song it is. I just know it's just been in my head. Dang, I think that came out um, this summer, but that one's really good. Yep. So that would be yeah. my most recent one. Um... I really enjoyed Melanie Martinez's album. Oh. Do you know who that is? She have like a cover album or like an album album? Like I originals? think she, it was all originals. It's called K through 12. Oh. And this is, it was wild, dude. It's like a whole, has a whole movie to it. So the entire album is every single grade in kindergarten through 12th grade. Yeah. So 13 songs i think so yeah i think so it's a really Wait, good album is there a music video to it the the music video is an hour long it's the entire Whoa. like it's a movie dude it's an what? entire cinematic movie what? to this album and like i've watched the the movie like maybe three or four times because it's just so cool i'm gonna have to watch that tonight yeah i i think you'd appreciate that so melanie <laughs> martinez k through 12 so right i I would say those are going to be some of mine. But, like, of course, I love, like, Backstreet Boys, like, Britney Spears, um, Taylor Swift, like. Hey, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Love dude. story? Of course. Dude, like, all of, <laughs> I, like, any song that will make me happy, like, why wouldn't I want to listen to it, you know? Yeah. Hey. On that same note, what about you? Who... <laughs> Under your definition of guilty pleasure, what um, what would you be listening to? 
you actually said one of mine, which is Taylor Swift. Oh. <laughs> Love Story and You Belong With Me. You play that anywhere, anytime. I'm going to sing it in high pitched. I'll sing it. Oh, yes. <laughs> you, were about to, you were about to go. I was. I was like, all right, do I remember all the lyrics? <laughs> Off oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah that, whew, that one and you were romeo you were throwing pebbles at my daddy said stay we away from julia <laughs> you were crying on the staircase telling me please don't, don't go. go and i said romeo take me so when we can be alone i'll be waiting all there's left to do is ride you be the prince and i'll be the princess it's a love story baby just say yes <laughs> dude did you hear the remix of that song what By there's who? i don't know who who does it but it's like there was like a tiktok trend where everyone would put like their phone on a longboard or a skateboard and they'd play that song and then they just do various things and i'm like okay pretty cool oh. but the remix of that Whoo! What fire? I'm gonna need to fire. Check. Oh. Just look up whatever. Just look that up. TikTok remix, and you'll find okay. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Dude, so Taylor out. Swift. Oh, Taylor Swift and uh, One Direction. Oh. oh, I have a I have a personal love for One Direction as well. Yeah. Um, and then also Big Time Rush, Boyfriend. Ooh. Oh my God. I was just talking about Big Time Rush yesterday. Why was I talking about Big Time Rush? But damn, dude. All right. You got some good ones on there. <laughs> Were you talking about it on your uh, recent podcast with Billy Bob the Third? Was I? Maybe. I could have been. Maybe that could have been my conversation with Billy Bob the Third. You're right. Hey, bring Billy Bob Third into here real quick. I got, I got, I got him to meet someone real quick. Oh, you do? Okay, hold on. Yeah, let, me yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me go ask him. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Billy Bob, are you around? <laughs> what do you mean, where am I around? Of course I'm around. I've always been here. I declare I've always been around. Is that, is that... Radium, who do you got for me to li listen to? Who you got me to, to introduce myself to? <laughs> What's good, Billy Bob the Third? It's your boy Cletus. <laughs> Cletus. <laughs> Dagnabby, I done forget my left sock. Cletus, I, I, I thought you left that sock where I thought you left it. In my backyard next to the bathtub that we left last January. Dagnabby, I think I forgot it when I was in the bathtub. <laughs> Well, Cletus, you know, that sounds like your own problem over there. But, you know, I, I declare that you need to get back to radium because you're not welcome in these parts. <laughs> hey, uh... 
Element 88 ready. I'm gonna need you back here. All right. You best be gone. You <clears throat> best be gone. Trailer. Oh. Gonna hey, be back good? over here. What's good, Billy Bob the third? Dude, he he has no filter. Dude, that was that was that was nasty. Dude, Cletus? How long have you known Cletus? Ah <laughs> uh, man, Cletus, I think like a decade and a half. It's kind of wow. crazy. Yeah. Just, he just be know. going like that. Yeah. Oh I my mean, god. It's that type of friendship where it's like it's lasted a long time, but you know You're not I really just, sure if you should keep him around, but you know Yeah. Yeah. But it's you one know, of he'd those. be he'd be around, you know. Who 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 gets the chance to know somebody named Cletus, you know? No, I <laughs> I was not expecting to do that. That hurt my abs from laughing. That was great. Thank you. Thank that production value. For everyone who's just listening to the podcast, you have no idea what happened. But Radium put on some glasses, some what are those those the the clout goggles? The clout goggles and a and a beanie and he was this and that was great that was fantastic that's what we oh a bucket hat it was a bucket hat all right well anyways go ahead get into the wild wild detour but um my next question for you is how did we get into djing and how did we get into electronic music because i'm feeling really nostalgic right now and i want to know how you got into it Oh my gosh, I just went through a, a tunnel of all just all the good memories from because like, I don't know, to be honest, EDM, it sounds super cheesy, but it has made me develop into such a more positive person. Like, I can't just say that my own life experiences or the people around me, you know, were the biggest part of, you know, my development. It was you know, a lot of it was music, you know, it was the music is always there for me, for my individual and my non-individual experiences, you know, like raves would be with people. And then, you know, me at home playing games with my music would be individual, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like music was always there. And it's like, honestly, such a huge part of who I am. I feel like a lot of people can say that, which is really dope. You know, there's nothing wrong with more people who can say that, you know, everyone grows from different things. But for me, what I took from, you know, interpreting EDM was like, this was music that people were creating who were not afraid of being judged because it wasn't, you know, trending or wasn't popular or the sounds were like weird, you know, Mm. It, it was more like it wasn't underground when I, was listening to it but like it was still definitely like people were like you listen to that 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 beep boop music and i'm like yeah that beep boop music's the shit you know dude that's what <laughs> happens today <laughs> that's true you know but you know i'm not gonna force anyone to like it you know of course but um it taught me a lot about self-interpretation and art how we can listen to say trance which is you know a lot of people could be into edm but surprisingly, a lot of people are not into trance. It's like too repetitive or just, I don't know. It doesn't appeal to them. And honestly, I can't understand it <laughs> because I love it. <laughs> but like I went to a trance show at the Gorge ABGC 250. 
Nice. Uh, in September of 2017. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of like my favorite festivals other than Base Canyon because bass is just so fun. But like for a spiritual type of journey at a festival, and this was like sober, I don't mean like tripping journey, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but like, you know, I went and like the trance community, you just kind of feel like these people are here because they solely are connecting to that type of music. And oh, it, it's, yes. it's, it's different than the scenes when you go into like other genres, you know, future bass, or a lot of like other mainstream genres because people are there for like, oh, it sounds cool and it's fun, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really resonate with everyone. And when I went to a trance show, it's like the people who are here is because they resonate with trance. And that's what like, you know, it, it makes you feel really good about it, you know? Mm-hmm. But and everyone is, it's like, there's that group in Seattle, a state of, or the Seattle trance family. Yeah. And I go on the group and literally everyone's just sharing um, music all the time. And like, they're always like going to all these little events, like back when, you know, COVID wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And like trance is the only community in the EDM scene that I see older people really, you know, like people in like their sixties and like fifties, like just vibing. I've been at Q nightclub for trance nights and there are some older people and they're getting their freak on just like everybody else, you know? And like, <laughs> getting their just... freak on the trance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. I mean, by, you you, boo boo. By, get, by getting their freak on, I mean like they're, they're sweating. They're sweaty. Like they are, they're dancing. Like there's no tomorrow, you know? And like, <laughs> I don't see that anywhere. Like maybe on like an occasion, like a house night, because you know, house is from like the seventies, but um, yeah, besides that trance, like this, I would not really see like an older person head banging at like base Canyon, you know, but I would see them at ABGT or like bliss or something like that. Yeah. Which is really dope because it's like, wow, you know, not that say that age defines what type of music you like, but it's definitely noticeable to see that like younger crowds at bass heavier shows or, you know, um, melodic dubstep, you know, seven lines and stuff. Actually, there's some older people in there. Which yeah, I, I would say that. I would say that. Too. Yeah. But trance is like, you would rarely see people around the early twenties being there. But yeah. Why? Uh, maybe I see. I feel like I see people there, but like it's like the people who like had been listening to electronic music for a long ass time or something. I feel yeah. like it, it all like it, I feel like you get into the electronic. Like I've seen this before and I've heard it from multiple people, so it's not the tr- like the truth for everybody. But like people get into it with bass music, then they move on to like you know future bass, and then they get into like house music, and then they get into trance. You know, if they like mm-hmm. make the full rounds. But like, yeah, I still listen to like some good bass music, but just not as much as I used to. Yeah. Bass music be hidden though. When you crank it up loud, ooh, it just gets you, bro. Yeah. It just gets you. That's the best genre to 
get non-EDM heads and just be like, yo, stand right here. I'm going to put a subwoofer and just blast this on you really quick and just wow. feel the bass. Just just feel the bass and then that's it. They're sold. They'll be like, all right, I'm going to Bass Canyon next year. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I exactly. I, I had never experienced like feeling like very like loud bass until I started going to electronic mm-hmm. music like events. Like when I used to go to rap concerts, like, I wouldn't go to a Kid Cudi concert and feel like freaking (laughs) like feel it in like the cavities of my heart, like, and in my chest. No. Yeah. Where you feel it vibrating inside. It's crazy. I always think about like this one time I was playing this show called Mysterium over in, in Bellingham and our friend Zach, he brought out some subwoofers. He brought two subwoofers and I would, I'd bring a balloon and I had earplugs in and I would just put my head to the balloon and put it to the, next to the um, subwoofer and it just vibrated such a way that felt so good. Wait, you had a balloon? Yeah, yeah like there was a, a, bal- like a-, a balloon like right next to my ear and then I put it on the, ba- on the subwoofer. Whoa, how'd that feel? Uh, fant the fact that i'm remembering this like three years later it was fantastic what i never never thought you could do that that's crazy yeah there's a lot of vibrations that go through that balloon Mm -hmm. but yeah so we this was all kind of started to go from like what your influences were but like how did you get into oh dj i forgot about that part oh dj okay 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 uh so shout out to my two dj friends Corbin Sykes and Colin. Um, Colin used to go by Reflex, which was his, I think, RuneScape name or something. (laughs) (laughs) But he's Darasa now. Check your boy out. On Spotify, Apple Music, Audius, all the platforms. (laughs) What was the the first name? Reflex. Reflex. R-F-L-X-X, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then he went to C-X-L-L-I-N, which is Colin, but the... The O was an X. Okay, got it. And now he's Darasa. But yes, he's dope. Uh, both of them. So uh, Corbin had a Newmark two-channel uh, controller about ye wide, about a foot. And um, I would go over and he's like, I have this uh, controller I got for Christmas. You want to try it out? And I'm like, yeah, man. And then we're just playing like Skrillex and Porter together. We're just pushing buttons, hot cues, uh, you know, spinning some shit I lower the tempo uh and i was like oh this is really fun right because we're both into edm but then i didn't know that like you could take control of altering it live Mm -hmm. that's what that's what was fascinating to me and then um straight up colin when he dj'd he got like a spaceship looking controller it was about two feet wide (laughs) and when i saw it i just like it looks like a spaceship or you're about to make your desk fly when you start pushing buttons or something. Wow. And um, what year was this? Uh, 2016 was when I messed with the controllers for the first time. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they were both really filthy at it and they just let me try it out. And this was the same year that I was going to my first raves, 2016, Mm -hmm. where I went like every month. And so, but I was like, I didn't think about, being a DJ or anything. It was just like, um, I really love the music. It speaks with me. It makes me feel some type of way. It makes me feel understood and accepted. 
Mm-hmm. And then, so my first like intention or like motive with DJing was that I love the idea that it brings people together. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I can use it as a reason to be like, I'm going to play music for you guys and you guys just show up and be together and vibe together. That was initially why I started DJing. Oh, that makes my heart. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. And I mean, that's still a primary focus of why I love it, you know, because like, you know, I can set up my room in a way where I have some lights and I invite people over, you know, bring some packs of alcohol, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, drink and we'll just play music loud and just hang out, you know, with everyone we're comfortable with and playing music that we all like, you know, and just vibe it, you know, it's still a very strong focus of why I love doing it. But then I started to develop on my individual reasons over time. But yeah, so that's what got me into DJing is that I felt that if raves were bringing people together through music, then I can bring smaller groups of people, aka my close friends or good friends, you know, bring them together in a room of wherever and we can all vibe together. That's awesome. Yeah. And I still love doing that. But obviously COVID, so we don't do that anymore. But we called it room raves. Room raves. <laughs> but nice. raves raves is spelled R-E-Y-V-E-S. Shout out Aldrich for that. He thought of that. Why? <laughs> for for room raves? Because raves. Oh my god! Wow, that took me a second to get. That was good because <clears throat> it's usually in my room. So, yeah. but there's a video on YouTube about it. I could show you later. Okay, yeah, I'd be honest with that. <laughs> that's sick. I, I've never, dude. That's beautiful. Like the the concept that like you started it just because you wanted to bring your friends together that's freaking heartwarming because that's a i feel like at this point i've kind of forgot about that aspect man wow that's what i that's why i think it's really nice that you brought that up or this kind of conversation always comes back every now and then because then it reminds me that you know i'm not just doing this for myself or i didn't start for myself i am where i am now because of not just my own, you know, uh, dedication to myself, but also people's support, dedicated support to me ever since, you know, and the growing support that is still happening, you know, wow. so. Wow, I really appreciate you for sharing that because that really, that really brought things to light because you're right, that's like my favorite part is like when you see all of like your favorite people in a room and you're like, dude, like we're all just vibing and dancing and like, the energy is just palpable. You can just cut it. It's just so thick with three C's. (laughs) (laughs) And so you kind of moved it from like room raves to um, what was Ray Cycolcella back in, that was May, right? Yeah. um, I don't know if you know the backstory of that. I don't, if, and if you would I would like, like to hear, I, oh, I yeah. would very much like to hear about it. So my first time actually playing in front of more than two to three people um, was actually at the first Ray, Co- Ray Psychocella downstairs in the living room. There's a video on YouTube about that as well. Okay, link um, me with that as well. <laughs> but uh, that was, you know, I promoted it from an iPhone app that allowed me to just put like 
fonts and stuff, set times, you know, and I, I invited like 25 friends, mm-hmm. you know, my closest friends or the ones that I raved with and stuff, you know, the ones I knew that we can all vibe together. Right. Because like I said, I started DJing for the, you know, first sole purpose of bringing people together. So I made sure that everyone I invited was cool with each other and that we all vibed on the same level. And Mm -hmm. thankfully, you know, it was that big of a, you know, um, audience, like 25 people. And uh, so we were downstairs and um, Corbin played, (laughs) Colin played, and also um, my two brothers, Savobo and Crossfade, they opened, but like... uh, um, that was at like seven o'clock. It went from like seven to midnight. Everyone oh had like, shit! Everyone had like a one-hour set. Oh, and before the whole night started, I had to go around my neighborhood and knock and be like, uh, "We're gonna be a little loud tonight. I'm having like twenty plus friends over. We're gonna be DJing. It's a new hobby I picked up." And they're like, Dude. "Oh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay." Wow, you are so <laughs> nice about it. That's that's great. You did it so responsibly. Yeah, and even still to this day, if it's like after 9, 30, 10 p.m., if I mix in, I kind of like bring it down because I don't want to, you know, people got work, people got to sleep. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, so I'm like, I'm not trying to be that guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and that was the first experience of me being able to play in front of more than like two to three people because usually my setup was in my room and I just have like a few friends over. And I only had my controller for like two weeks before that race like Coachella. I literally started planning it a month before it was happening and I didn't even have a controller yet. Wow. But it's because I had I had to wait till my next paycheck. Okay. And so I knew I was going to get it. I just had to wait for my next paycheck and then mm-hmm. I got it and then I had two weeks to practice. And that set is also on my SoundCloud. I don't think anyone has ever touched it since 2017, but... It's crazy to listen to because it's like that was my first set to like that I made to play in front of people, you know, to vibe and, you know, bring really good vibes to because it has a lot of progressive house in there. And that was like my main genre back then because it's still my favorite. And I just feel like it, it it's like that uplifting EDM, you know, you can't stop but feel good and want to jump and shout, you know, and smile. Name me name me a, a, a progressive house song that you like. Because I also like progressive house. Hmm. Are you are you asking like my favorite or something that I feel like brings good energy out of people? Either one. Whatever one that th- you think about. Honestly, I'm thinking about uh Alive Zed remix. Oh. Wait, the Zed remix. Yeah. From um uh, I forgot the original artist's Arctic Cru- of the Sun or something. It's not Cruella. No, 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 no. Oh, I don't know this one. Really? I I think you'll know when you hear it. It's like, uh, you make me feel so alive. Oh, loving you again because you make me feel so alive. Okay. Yes. Yes, that was a good one. Um, also, Nikki Romero. Oh, uh, let me feel that one. That one's like a heartfelt progressive house. If you haven't heard that in a while, listen to that one. Even if you haven't heard it or you never knew the name of the track, 
for some reason it gives you that feeling like damn i know this song and it low-key hits but i don't <laughs> remember it you know what i'm saying it's that well, type of song. i know that feeling i know that feeling yes yeah. nikki romero let me feel that's shit where's where's my okay here's my yeah. notebook everyone please go listen to that but oh no that one's gonna get you Whew. it's 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 like almost as nostalgic as heroes by alesso but like that one's more like you know it but let me feel is going to give you that same feeling but like you're like oh i don't really know this song though. okay i mean during that time i was i would hear mixes all the time and be like oh my god i love this or like go to a, a show but there was no way to look it up you know mm-hmm. and then someone told me about 1001 track lists yeah that that changed the game for everyone who doesn't know what that is thousand one track list is like literally on on the backs of the community like people will listen to a mix and they will id every song for you and then they'll put it all chronologically all time stamped it is beautiful so i would suggest that to anyone out there do do you know if it's like a community effort type of thing like there's no no one is being stopped on putting what it is like they can just someone could be like oh i know the songs to the set and put the timestamps and everything like anyone i i feel like and it's like wikipedia like mm-hmm. you know anyone could edit it but then enough people go what the hell that's wrong you know like uh-huh. and they switch it or something and they fix it yeah that's crazy that's what's up though i love that i love the the beauty of sharing you know mm-hmm where it's like, this goes in a lot of angles, but like, you know, say you find a cool new song and someone's like, oh, what's this song? I think it's so much better when you're just like, this is the song. Instead of being like, no, I can't tell you. Cause then if I tell you, you'll listen to it without me. Like, no, nah, just share what? it. You know, like, I don't know if you've ever gone through that. But I've like, never gone through that. Yeah. Wait, Wait, I'm frozen. Are you frozen? I'm not frozen. You're not frozen either. Are you, am I frozen on your screen? Are we okay? We're good. Yeah, it looks oh, good. I, I, oh, I think it's just minor lag. But no, I don't know if you've ever gone through that. But that goes for like a lot of other things too. It's just like, I think sharing should be more embraced. Like, you know, we're all out here trying to help each other out or just share better things in life. And it's like, oh, if you found something good or that could help someone out or just just add joy to their life, then why not share it? Why do you have to keep it for yourself you know mm-hmm. yeah but it's like gatekeeping yeah but when people share it's amazing and so like you know shout out to people who go on 1001 track list and be like i'm putting all I'll, i'm putting it all I, in all the ids god <laughs> bless your soul <laughs> and so moving from like 1001 track list progressive house and all moving back to Racite Coachella V installment number one. How mm-hmm. do we get to the second one? Whoo! Oh, that was my most favorite project. Ah, ah. it's crazy. We'll, oh we'll have gosh. this be. We'll have this be our send off note. I would love for you to let okay. people know what this is all about. That would be perfect. I actually am. I'm trying to make a video on that whole process because I enjoyed it so much. So, all right, let's get into it. Um, it happened, I believe, May twenty third, twenty fourth, for twenty twenty. 
two months into quarantine, right? Also um, my birthday. Yes, which was also crazy that our boy right here, Trillium, played on his birthday on the second day. Crazy. Yeah, that was, it was so much fun. That was amazing. I'm so happy you accepted my my invitation to do that on your birthday because you could have done anything else or any other set, you know? But it meant a lot that you accepted it to play on your birthday for me. That was exactly where I wanted to be. <laughs> Stop your baby cry, bro. But uh, uh, so it was a one month process, but it didn't need to take one month. It just did. So <laughs> I honestly, what I can remember is I went to go brush my teeth at night, mid-April. And, you know, sometimes you're just brushing your teeth because you're there for, you know, a solid few minutes. And I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, it's three years since the first race I could chill it, right? And yeah, I'm not going to be able to do a physical show because I was planning one in July. Mm-hmm for a physical show, but since uh, quarantine happened, you know, obviously I just had to completely scrap that idea, you know, cause I knew we'd be in this for a while. And so I was like, okay, well, I know that I want to invest my energy into some sort of project, you know, where I can get these artists together and we could play for a good cause. And so I was like, okay, I have a month to figure this out because I want to do it in homage of race at Coachella three years ago so it has to be in May right and so I was like okay um and basically I was brushing my teeth and I was like okay and then I told my girlfriend Emily and I was like I want to do this she's like you should do it but you have like a month because you said you want to do it in May because it'll make sense Mm -hmm. you know and then I was like yeah and so whoo okay and then I just sat down in front of my desk and I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? I'm not going to do it alone. That's for sure. You know, I've never truly taken this big of a creative lead role before to be like, I'm going to get all these people to do this and we're going to have it done by this time. You know, I've, I've haven't, I haven't tested myself out to do that before, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to challenge that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the process was, okay, charity live stream, who are we going to donate to and who's going to be on the lineup? And is it going to be one or two days? And that was the first two weeks process. Cause like I said, it took a month. Uh, so the first two weeks was figuring those out. Right. And you know, days go by and you still have to figure things out. It's not just like one day. And I wanted it to be more of a local donation instead of to direct relief, but shout out direct relief too. They're super cool. Uh, they distributed the KN95 masks internationally that we donated to. But uh, there was a local mask for Washington, but they didn't respond to my emails or they got like shut down from the state because they were getting their masks from, from Taiwan or something. But they were going to distribute it locally to all these Washington hospitals. And I wanted to be a part of that post race at Coachella, you know, be like, oh, you guys donated this money and now I'm going to go get involved with them to go distribute these masks. You know, I was like, I want it to be a post event process. Mm-hmm. It would have been, it would have been more, you know, personal, but uh, then I'm not happening. So that was like two weeks of waiting for emails for them not to reply. And then I also thought lineup was crucial. You know, who, 
means something to me. Who do I kind of look up to or who do I want to see grow more or who do I want to like let them know that I believe in them because I realized I was taking like Ricky's role in what he did for me is that whenever he had me for a show, it was mm -hmm. like he chose me because he believed in me. And I was like, whoa, that kind of hit so hard because I was like, dang, um, if Ricky could believe it in me, then, you know, I can believe in these people as well. And I do. And I'm going to give them this opportunity or this platform, you know, say like uh, Majin Bowie, who is day two opener. You know, it was his first set base house, which is really dope. I caught the tail end of that one. That was really good. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's only been doing it for like a year and he's really filthy. But, you know, he just got that spotlight that I felt he, like he needed that wasn't given to him yet because mm -hmm. he's actually, you know, really dedicated to doing it. And um, yeah, so figured out the lineup. And then now it was placing who goes where because genre and energy levels and stuff. And so we figured, I figured that out with Jose. And then the last two weeks was having to decide and finalize my own set, doing the visuals. So I had to learn Premiere Pro and wow. After Effects just to, just like I've never done that before, but I spent like a week learning all of it just so I could make these visuals. And I couldn't record my set until my visuals were done because they are going to play in the background. Mm -hmm. So that was the personal process, but I enjoyed every second of it. You know, it was very, it was a very artistic growing process. And then, um, and then, oh, and then the last week and a half, I was like, I want to do shirts. You know, that would be crazy if we could do that. And so I reached out to my friend Calvin, if we can make shirts. And then I had my best friend in Cali, Mackenzie, uh, do the art for those shirts. So like everything I was doing was to make it as personal as it could be, you know? So then when I look back at it, it's like every single piece and part of it was like, that means so much, you know, that person made a difference in all of it and every single person involved made a difference in every single way, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's like the sum of all of everyone who was contributing to it, whether it be art, music, time, like everything. Yeah, everything. And also shout out to Alan for, he did, he did like a super cool art promo where if you look back at it, it's like a pink and blue gradient. And then if you look at the bottom, it's like a Seattle uh, skyline, but in pink, he drew that and that was crazy. And like, it's a little detail that you add into your promos, but you know, it goes a long way. And like, and that's what makes me feel so loved and appreciated is that these people really accepted my request to like be a part of this and, you know, put it in their all for it, you know, of their own best work for me and for this whole event. And it's just, every time I look back at it, I'm just like, it means so much. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And even with everyone who did their sets, you know, everyone gave it their all. They all, you know, recorded and edited in however way they wanted to. They gave their set and their performance all of it, you know. And it's just like every single part, you know, I really mean it that y'all gave me your best and it means so much, you know. Hell yeah. So, yeah. And then how much did you raise after all of that? 
Um, I believe it was a total of like seventeen hundred. Fuck, dude. Yeah, that's amazing. We, yeah, and then we donated I think fourteen hundred to uh, Direct Relief, and then literally I think four days after the event, the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Shouts out Black Lives Still Matter. Um, then we donated to Narrative Four, which is um nonprofit organization and they're you know they're there to kind of help the community grow and thrive together you know in the black community nice so yeah to educate them and everything so yeah and that was really dope yeah and whenever when anyone wears that race psychotella shirt it's like you're not only supporting me but you're supporting everyone who was a part of it and it means so much like you're just like wow out of anything you could award today you're wearing that whether it be in your house or outdoors, wherever you're wearing it, is that you chose to wear it, and I see that you're wearing it, or you sent me that you're wearing it, or someone told me you're wearing it. It's just like that means so much. That's awesome. You just want to you just want to spread love. That's that's what I've learned. <laughs> is that all you really want to do is spread love, and yes. I can appreciate that and positivity. And I think that you are a radiant uh, <laughs> example of that. And so thank you for sharing, but I kind of want to end this on the note of, you know, like what, what's something, what's a message that you would like to just share, you know, um, whether it be like about art, whether it be about mental health, what's something, what's a message you want to get out there, you know, for anyone who's uh, listening. I believe that if we decide as individuals to start making small efforts and the more we do that and influence others to start making small efforts, it all will lead into a big difference. I think, you know, you know does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. That's as simple and as clear as I can make it. I believe that if we go out and put ourselves there to do good things and the more people we can encourage to do more good things in the end, you know, it might not be the biggest difference, but we're still making a difference and difference matters. So, yeah. I resonate with that a lot. <laughs> I thank you for sharing. Like I, I agree, like making the smallest little efforts like towards yourself, like whether it be like, you know what, I'm going to go on a walk today or I'm going to put my phone down and I'm going to just sit here with my thoughts or, you know, I'm going to help someone out today or I'm going to tell someone they look beautiful, you know, like yes. something as simple as that can like, it really stacks up. Like yesterday I was with a friend and they haven't painted and they've been wanting to work on this piece for so many months. They've been wanting to work on this painting and I'm like, man, I mean, you could do it. And then, so when we were hanging out, I was like, we should paint. And then we just painted. And then today I saw on their snap story, they were working on their piece. And I was like, I was like, yes. Like that wasn't like, it was just nice to see like, you know, I think I saw they took like little small efforts. You posted on your uh, IG story today, I believe. Right. No, that, that, that's a different friend. That's Maya. And she kills it. Mm, She is. She's the one who, that girl was the one who, um, did my decolonizing house music artwork 
Dang. Yeah, she's gonna be on. She's gonna. Dude, it was beautiful. She's gonna be a future podcast uh, episode. Hell yeah! Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Oh, but real quick, going back to how you helped your friend, you know, paint again. Mm -hmm. You know, this goes. This goes to like any artist out there. You know, there's that one person who believes in you when you might not believe in yourself, and at that crucial moment when they believe in you, and you decide not to give up. You take it. You you grab their hand and you get back up and you do that shit and you fucking rock it, all right? <laughs> Hell yeah, you rock it. All right. Woo! Good shit. Good all right, shit. man. Well, without further ado, um, I want to just thank you so much for taking your time out of your week, out of your day to be on Trail Talks Trends. And I appreciate you sharing your... Um, your positive energy with me. Thank you. And all your stories. I appreciate you, Sir Trillium von Lichtenstein III. This has been a very fun <laughs> and interesting uh, podcast with you. i super honored to be a part of this. I love you. And love you too. Stay trail, baby. Stay humble. <laughs> stay trail. Hey. Peace. <laughs> Thank you again, Radium, aka Ray, for coming through the podcast. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for tuning into the end of the episode. If you made it this far, I appreciate you. If you didn't, it's all good. You didn't even hear this, anyways. But um, yeah, so we had a good episode here. And next week, I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving. Um, but, you know, fuck Columbus, fuck colonialism. But also, um, after thanksgiving we're gonna have alex olsen aka fluency and i'm super excited for this podcast it's gonna be a really long one but we had a really good talk and um i don't know i'm just really excited for everybody to hear this so all right everyone stay humble stay true